Today on Abounding Grace, we observe God reaching the unreachable. This is amazing grace. While we may give up on someone too soon or think they'll never come around, God never does. He is patient, kind, and full of grace. We see a brilliant example of that today on Abounding Grace as King Nebuchadnezzar is transformed. The Lord would use Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to reach him. Let's hear all about it now as we join Pastor Ed Taylor in Daniel chapter 4. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. And that's right. Many are called. The gospel, the good news of the gospel goes out to everyone. You can say that God has made the call to everyone. They just don't come. And I think in the world today, it's more our responsibility than anyone. They'll never come if we don't ask, if we don't invite. And even those that may never want to darken the doors of this building, there's, they don't need to be in this building to come and encounter with the church because you're the church. And Nebuchadnezzar, he is met by these men that he never met before because God arranged this. And he's changed. God wants to use us in an invitation that we might be a willing witness. And so he declares this peace. Notice verse 4 now of chapter 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream. But they, they could not tell me what it meant. And at last Daniel came in before me and I told him the dream. And he was named Belteshazzar after my God, little g. And the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said to him, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. And then he goes on to share. The king had it made. He was in cruise control. All the money, all the power, all the prestige, it was his. He was at the top of the corporate ladder. He was number one on the Forbes 500 list. He met all the goals. He was the celebrity. He, if he had an Instagram feed, he would have had millions of followers. He was the guy. He had it all. But he was afraid and troubled on the inside. And in his time where you would expect rest, he couldn't rest. Because even in his sleep, dreams were troubling him. Some of you have been there, you know of which I speak, that you go to bed expecting rest, but you're troubled. It could be God's trying to speak to you. It could be deep pain. You're unable to sleep. But this is the type where you, you're so tired and you lay down and expect, man, you'd be happy if you just got four or five good hours of sleep and you weren't able to sleep at all. Up and down, wide awake. You got this vision, this dream, this worry, this fear. That's where he is. He was terrified, it says. 
He was frightened. A man of comfort and prosperity was also frightened and terrified. Can I just remind us today as we're sharing the gospel with our, you know, the vision of our church, evangelism, a desire, a responsibility to win, disciple, and send, that we would employ any means possible short of sin to reach the lost, that not everybody's life is as it appears. Do you guys agree with me? Not everybody's life is as it appears. Not every smile represents happiness. Not every nice-dressed person represents prosperity. Not everything that you see on the outward is actually reflective of the inside. The more and more I walk with Jesus and the more and more I explore my own pain and difficulty in my life and giving it to the Lord and learning myself, the more and more I'm noticing that people have things just under the surface. Just under the surface. And it's just waiting to come out. You know, the Bible says that a wise person can draw out counsel from the deep wells of their heart. Like, that, that it's wise. You draw out from someone that somebody that has packed it down and pressed it in. But we're so busy and hustle and bustle with our own lives that we, maybe you're not even willing to admit, but you're not just, you, you don't admit that you don't even care about people. You don't like people. I had somebody say recently in my presence, they didn't say it to me, they, they literally just said, I don't like people. But that's not possible for the follower of Jesus. If you don't like people, you're going to have to learn how to get over yourself and learn how to see the potential in a person because God likes people. He created us in his image. Now, I don't know that, I'm not saying that we have to like every behavior, every situation, but, but man, if you're here today, you're just like, I don't like people. Like one of my pet peeves as a pastor is anytime a pastor comes to the pulpit and says, you know, I love the ministry, it'd be great if it wasn't for the people. And then they get a kind of funny laugh, especially at pastors. Oh, everybody's, ah, ha, ha, ha. Hey, listen, there's no ministry without people. You can't have one or the other. Well, I would just love to have ministry if it wasn't for the people. No, listen, ministry exists because of the people. The word ministry means servant. And I admit, people can be difficult, they can be challenging, they can be downright mean and nasty. But Jesus Christ died for people. And we would do well to tune in to the Holy Spirit where the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, of which there is no law. There's no boundaries around these things. No hindrances. And it could be that you're just right there ready to step out into new avenues of loving people if you'll just admit that your attitude toward people is sinful. And receive the forgiveness of God. Especially in those that have been hurt. The idea behind the original word for frightened and terrified is dread. This is a man that couldn't sleep and he's dealing with dread. And a terrible fear. Troubling and alarming and nervous. Those are all words that encompass this Hebrew word here. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 31. Daniel said, in your vision your majesty you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man and it was a frightening spot. So he's got a deep shaking, even though he would be the one that stands out and says, throw them into the furnace with his deep booming voice and people will move at his command and everything will be done for him. Servants at his table, making his bed, giving his clothes, protecting him, guarding him, keeping him. And he stands and he says something and they do it and never talk back to him and never resist. And he was terrified 
and filled with dread because of the reality of his humanity. Because people are real no matter what their station in life is, no matter what they project, no matter what we think about them, people are still people. And it's true that a person can have it all but still be afraid about the future because nobody is at peace apart from God. And many believers are at peace, are, are not at peace because they're not in an abiding relationship with Jesus. They're not abiding. They're taking things into their own hands. They're trying to figure things out. I don't know if you've noticed, those of you that that, that phrase resonates with you, because that's a phrase I use often that I have to confess before the Lord. I just need to figure this out. You know, when you live in the realm of figuring out, you're frustrated and angry because you can't figure it out. Life isn't to be figured out. It's to be lived in relationship with Jesus because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we just can't figure out sin and the consequences of sin. We just can't figure it out. We, we, we just don't live in that realm anymore. We're not even thinking about how to do evil. We're thinking about how to do good so that when we're faced with some evil thing and we try to figure it out, we have some situation that we're just going to sit down and do the math, sharpen our pencil, get the calculator out, and then we're doing it. No, no, it's just a frustrating. It's just better to pray and just ask the Lord to give us wisdom, to lead us and guide us. Because you can have it all and still be terrified and dread, full of dread and fear. And so notice, it says that in verse 6, he issued an order and he called. He was humbled and he wanted to know the answer. And he called out to those in his kingdom that he believed knew. But there was also a part of him that he knew they didn't know, so he tested them. In order for me to know that you know, Nebuchadnezzar said, you remember, he said, you've got to tell me the dream and the interpretation. I'm not going to tell you my dream. And I'll know you're from God. I'll know you know what you're talking about if you can tell me the dream and the interpretation. I go, well, we don't know the dream. Tell us the dream. We don't know the dream. And they didn't say this, but they, would, they could say, because we're frauds and we really don't know anything. We've been, we've been lying to you all this time. And now you've laid before us something we can't lie about because we don't know the dream. And if we try to guess it, we're going to lose our heads because we're going to guess wrong. Because it's, it's, we do this all, all the time. We do this on a smaller scale. Uh, we'll say something like, you'll never, you'll, you'll never believe what happened. Guess what happened? We're like, I have no idea what happened. Like, where would I guess? Where did it happen? Did it happen there? Did it happen here? I have no idea. Why don't you just tell me what happened? I have no idea. Well, imagine when your life is on the line and somebody came. You'll never guess what happened. If you tell me, tell me what happened. Tell me what just happened in my life. And I'll spare you. He's like, no, I don't have any idea. And he was humbled because he had no idea. And there's that wrestling going on in the heart of this man. Just as there's wrestlings going on in the hearts of your friends and your mom and your coworkers, deep, deep hurt. He says, basically, I went to all my trusted friends. I went to everyone that I've relied on in the past and they couldn't help me. And I was at a loss. And I chose to talk to Daniel last. And he says, verse 10, while I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. And he says, I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong and reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat, wild animals living in its shade, birds nested in its branches, All the world was fed from this tree. 
Then as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven. The messenger shouted, cut down the tree and lop off its branches, shake its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground. Bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass, let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the wild animals among the plants of the field. For seven periods of time, let him have the mind of a wild animal instead of the mind of a human. For this has been decreed by the messengers. It's commanded by the Holy One so that everyone may know that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and he gives, to them to, he gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of people. Belteshazzar, that was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for none of the wise men of my kingdom can do so, but you can tell me because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. And so God uses dreams in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. And after he thinks back to how God used the dream previously, when he has another one, he calls for Daniel because Daniel is trusted. Daniel, he knows, will tell him the truth. And you are that person to someone. They may not tell you this. They may never share it with you. They may never write a card and put it in the mail. But you are known as the person that will tell the truth. And when they want to know the truth, you want to be ready to give them the truth. And they'll call for you. And they'll seek you out. Not every day. This is is a very unique experience in his life. So back in chapter 2, he had a dream. He went to all his friends. They couldn't help. Then Daniel had the answer. And now I've got another dream. And I call my friends, but this time I call Daniel because I know he'll tell me the truth. But you know, I'm just not ready for the truth, so I'm wavering. It's just like things going on in your friends' lives, your co-workers. I I sought the best-selling, you know, you see them at work. They're reading a new book. It could be a Christian self-help book because there are Christian self-help books too. They're not really reading the Bible. They're reading the most popular author. They saw a new post, a new quote. And so they've read all the books. They've got the new counseling app that they saw advertised. And so they did the free trial and that didn't work for them. That they have got a new subscription to the Dr. Phil website, whatever that is, .com. But Dr. Phil can't help them. They've gone through everything. They've tried this over here. They've bought that over there. They, they have tried every new, you know, statement. They, today's going to be a good day. And they keep saying it over and over and over again. And then it didn't. But then they called you, finally. And the last thing they need is for you to be offended that they called you last. Just be happy they called you. <laughs> so what's your problem? You called, what, do you think Dr. Phil's going to help you? I know, I know. And you read that book that you know that's all jang and messed up. Why are you reading that? I know, I know. And now I asked you, but now I don't really want to talk to you because you're mad at me. Don't do that. Be ready in season and out of season. You should expect that the the friends around you are going to make mistakes. You should expect that, hey, you make mistakes, don't you? Don't you go off the path from time to time? But he calls Daniel because he wanted to know the truth, but he didn't quite want to know the truth. And as he asks, he describes the dream as Daniel hears him out, and he listens intently, and there's this tree. It's a new dream that comes up in the midst of the earth, a very strong team, but it was chopped down by the watcher, an angel. And that man, that tree represented a man that was given the heart of the beast, and it was a heavy dream. It seems to have great power, and then it loses everything. And notice in verse 17, uh, it's commanded 
uh, by the Holy One so that everyone may know that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and he gives them to anyone that he chooses. So the watchers, they lose. Now, the watchers, as they cut down the tree, this, this tree representing a man, as we are going to find out, that tree represented Nebuchadnezzar, represented a man who had everything that controlled the world and helped the world, but he was cut down and he was brought down because even the greatest men on the earth today will be brought down in the presence of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? That there's a coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And the real question is, is if you know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, why not willingly bow the knee? Now, this is usually a time for an invitation to those listening in that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it is an invitation. I'm inviting you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never surrendered, today let that be the day. But I feel burdened. I feel burdened to remind you that are believers, you do the same thing sometimes. We do the same thing. We look for help in all the wrong places. And then we get mad because all the wrong places don't provide any help. It's still the same old thing. You know, the pattern that I've seen even back to my days when I was in the prayer room, when I was just beginning to pray with people after services, instead of coming up to the stage at the church I came from, there was a room that you would go into after the service. And one of my first assignments was to pray with people on Sunday nights at Sunday night service. And I saw it happen even in that little room where there'd be people that came to Sunday night service and that was a part of their life. And they would come in and they would ask for counsel. And they wouldn't like what the person said. So the next week they would come back in the room and they'd be sitting right next to me. They'd be sitting, you know, maybe there's three guys in there. So they'd go to guy number one and, and they didn't like what guy number one said. So they're guy number two. And then they, you're, you're like, wait a minute. I saw that guy in here last week. You were talking over here. And then, then the third week they're sitting with me. And you go, Ed, how did you know they didn't like the counsel? Because I asked them. I said, why are you talking to me? You know, well, you know, so-and-so said this, so-and-so and this, and now you're saying the same thing. That's right. Because the Bible doesn't change. And so what, what do people do? They, what, what maybe are you doing right now? Running away from God with nowhere to go. What are you doing? You're running from person to person until you finally hear what you're listening for. You've got to tune your ears to the voice of God. Because God loves you. And he's going to continue to repeat the message of truth to you wherever you go. You may find, and it would be disastrous, I'm going to pray today, I'm going to actually pray at the end of service, especially you guys listening on the radio somewhere, I'm going to pray today that you will not find that person that will tell you what you want to hear. Like they will just hide from you and see you coming in at the church parking lot and run away from you. I do not want you to find that person that will appease your sin, that will coddle you in your sinful behavior. I'm going to pray that God will send you the messenger or that even more so, I'm going to pray that God would stir you to ask for Daniel. I'm so troubled. I can't find the answer anywhere. But Daniel has been used in my life before. I need to talk to Daniel. I need to know the truth in my life. Because only the truth will set you free, believer. Because believers, followers of Jesus, get in bondage over time in unconfessed and unrepentant sin. And then they make it the problem of everyone around them. They make it their friend's problem. It's, your, it's your, your fault that I'm like this. It's not actually my fault that you're like this. It's the choices that you've made. And then if it's not a friend, then it's a spouse. You know, they get mad at their spouse. I'm the way I am because of you. 
you're not the way you know that's not true or they get mad at the church it's if the church would have done such and such then i wouldn't that's that's not true the truth is this as you turn your heart toward the lord and you obey hebrews chapter 12 where you firmly fix your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith he will get you through this situation and change you from the inside out that's the truth You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com sometime today if you'd like a replay, or listen to Abounding Grace through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora and download that today. We've been blessed in recent months by the large volume of people who have called or written to let us know that they listen and how God is doing a great work through the teaching of His Word. We are so thankful to God for this. And if you'd like to share your story, please email us through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We really do want to hear from you. So, Pastor Ed, you encouraged our listeners to be ready and willing to share even difficult truths with people caught up in their sin. As you know, confrontation is seldom easy, and there may be some fears holding some of us back from doing that, like not wanting to offend or even risking the relationship. How can we get over those hurdles? Well, it's true, Larry. Those hurdles are real. And we don't want to minimize them. There's a lot of fear that goes into not speaking the truth in love. So the first thing we want to replace that fear of man, the Bible says that the fear of man lays a trap for us. Instead, we want to replace it with a fear of God. And I think that when we define confrontation, we need to be careful because we think confrontation is always some hard, difficult conversation. We're going to be up in somebody's face, and it's it's going to be super, super hard. But there are two ways of confrontation. And most of the time, confrontation is actually not a face-to-face situation. But I like to picture it this way. I like to picture two ways of confronting. Number one is I'm walking alongside the person. So I'm kind of picturing myself putting my arm around them, and let's walk together. Remember Jesus in Luke 24, Larry, when he was with those on the road to Emmaus? As he was with them, he walked with them, talked with them, and shared some things that drew out from them a tremendous amount of faith. And that's what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to draw out from a person. We're not just confront them and get all in their grill and you're, this is this, 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 this. Well, of course we don't want that, especially in the culture that we're in right now. Most of the time, it's walking alongside a brother, walking alongside a sister, allowing the Holy Spirit to use us. There are those times, however, when things are so hard and so difficult that we do need to be right up with them. But we do that in love. We do that in the agape love of God, where we think of the others. It's not that we're trying to make a point, so be careful. It's not, I'm going to make my point, and you're wrong, and I'm right. That's seldom very, very rarely used by God. But instead, I care for you so much that I want to tell you the truth. And here it is. Would you trust me? One of the techniques I like to use, uh, I do it on the radio. I do it when we do our live show. I do it in sitting down with folks in my office is I need to ask you a hard question. Can, Can I ask you that hard question? I get their permission before I just give it to them. You know, as I'm listening to them and I'm like, man, you know, I need to say something really hard. Are you ready for that right now? And almost always they say yes. And they've invited me into their life by that simple question. So whatever it is, just do it. Share with your loved ones uh, the truth in love. And I know God will honor that. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. 
And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that's inspirational, to put it mildly. It's Standing in the Fire by Tom Doyle. There is no doubt we live in a dangerous world with a virus that's hard to contain, civil unrest, and people doing harm to others. It would be easy for us to be paralyzed by fear, but there's another way to go, and that is to stand courageously. This book will encourage you to be courageous and realize you're a victor in Christ. Request a copy of Standing in the Fire when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio and Internet. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Well, we'll put a bookmark where we left off today in Daniel. And join us next time for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor, as there is so much more to come. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.